One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're currently listening to the free version of Let Me Talk. If you want longer, ad-free episodes, even earlier, head to lmtpod.com to find out how you subscribe. Let me talk! Let me talk! Let me talk! One, two... Not the easiest of wins in the end, but it got the job done. And as Pep Guardiola says... We're going to try to 95 minutes, 96. Control the game, it's impossible. No team on the world can do that. But then again, as Roberto De Zerbi said after the game... When City played like the first half, it's very tough for Brighton, but for everyone. All right, guys, get a room. Uh, this <laughs> is Let Me Talk. I'm David Mooney. With me is the Athletic City correspondent, Sam Lee. Hello, Sam. Nice, hello. That was the best intro we've ever done. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it was it was exactly like that, really. Um, it would like yeah to to not control can, to not control a game for ninety minutes against Brighton, fine. But like it would have been somewhat more comfortable had they like not controlled the middle bit rather than the last bit. Yeah, because all of a sudden I was thinking from a media point of view, I was like, oh, I do not need to be asked what's going on with City. <laughs> like, what? But I mean, ultimately, the the mar- I don't know the margin between. What's going on with City? Are they are they have, are they struggling this season? Was I, I don't know like Brighton messing up that cross at the end from the short corner? Like it was a it was a strange game which City absolutely dominated for the first half and then it just kind of I say needlessly uh, easy needless. for you to say but um, yeah I have been into town and had a, not loads of drinks but some <laughs> drinks um, it kind of needlessly got out of hand didn't it at the yeah. End? But we'll pick Yeah, it. we'll do that. Uh, before we do, though, uh, Sam, we've got uh, a live show coming up, um, 16th of November, 7.30 start on uh, at Box mm. Deansgate. Um, it should be good fun. It should be. So my biggest concern is this kind of off-the-record section, which, like, it's like a whatever is said does not go beyond these four walls kind of thing. Um, it's so difficult to pitch exactly what we're going to say. Um I've got some stories, but it kind of depends on who's in the room whether they can be repeated. Um, so if you if you just get if you hear me throwing to Nadem to slag off Gary Neville, then it means there's nothing I can really <laughs> add. Um, and I'm sure he'd be very comfortable doing that based on the conversation we had on the phone on my walk into town today. Um, but yeah, it's just, yeah, what, uh, yeah, half seven, Box Dean's Gate, international break, which by the way I've decided that I do love. The international breaks are brilliant. I only realised like four days ago. I was like, hold on a minute. 
there's nothing going on. This is great. <laughs> I used to do my head in when there was nothing going on, but it's like, this is brilliant. I can play as much golf as I want. Maybe not in November. Um, but yeah, like, look, we've sold, a, we must be getting on to 50% of the tickets already. Um, it'll be a good night. Uh, we'll be around afterwards in the bar. I mean, it's me, you, Nadam. We've got a special prize. We will have a special prize to be exactly determined, but we will have a special prize that basically anybody who buys a ticket will be entered into a raffle to win and we'll just pull out a number and you'll win it. Um, and yeah, we'll have other stuff to announce closer to the time. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you don't live in Manchester, then well, I'm pushing to do a live one in Manchester. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm not really sure the budget stretches that yeah. far. Um, Manchester will do for now. Um, all we need is another, what, 15,000 paying subscribers and we might be all right for New for, York, yeah. to go through, further afield. Um but yeah, um, give it a, give it a go. Um, like I say, we'll be in the if, if all else. Look, basically, all the stuff I can't because I've got enough stuff that I could say in the off the record bit. But ultimately, that's too dodgy. But if you catch us in the bar afterwards, I might say it there. <laughs> Fine, get your tickets. LMTpod.com. Um Let's let's pick through the Brighton game then, Sam. Um, and I think the place to start is probably with uh, Guardiola's thoughts. Uh, he was asked if he thought City made the game harder than they should have done. This is what he said. Against Brighton, 95 minutes, 96. Control of the game, it's impossible. No team on the world can do that. I'm surprised that we did it when in 55, 60 minutes. We make an exception the first half. We had more chances. We were aggressive. When they link with the strikers, uh, we link because they made so man-to-man as well with the Julian and Erling and after we contact with the winger, especially in our left side, because Milner and the winger floating a little bit, Josko and, and Jeremy, and we, we could attack in that space better in the first half. The second half, they closed more that space and had more space maybe in the right side, but especially when Ansu Fati came in and Mitoma moved, make a move on diagonal outside, inside. They are really good, so when they had the ball, it's almost impossible to take it, and we suffered it. 10, 50, 20 minutes, 25. And after it was a period, 5, 10 minutes before of the game, the end of the game, like we took the ball again with Bernardo, with Rodri, with everyone. We, we were the post that you need to make a transition because Mitoma is an exceptional, exceptional player, and of course, so fat in smaller spaces, they have pace. Um, but yeah, after to defeat was important, the performance, because I think the credit I give to to Roberto and his team is an exception. When you see the games he played, when all the teams always are really, really good and uh, with a lot of interest that they have in that moment. And that's why I leave a little price for the team to the victory. What do you think, Sam? Do you think they made it harder than it needed to be at the end? No. Um, it was funny with that question because at the start of the press conference, it was like the press officer was looking around the room to be like, well, come on, who's going to ask a question? But it's almost like if you've got a question, I love them particularly from my point of view, I've always got like a specific question. Or if I haven't, but I feel like I should ask one, then I'll go, what do you think of the game? Because basically, whatever you ask, is going to say the same, it'll, it'll come around to the same thing and it'll be like a 90-second, two-minute breakdown of the game. So you could ask him whatever and he'll talk about the game. So I don't, and like, the bus officer was like, like he literally said that it'll be a short press conference if nobody asks. But I think everybody was kind of holding their nerve thinking, well, I'm not going to blink now because I've got a specific question. That's what I was doing. And then somebody, yeah, somebody put their hand up. And then I don't know if it was a kind of rushed or did he make that harder than he needed. But I mean, I don't think it was particularly good wording. Like, I don't think City played stupidly in that last bit. Like, they were 
like I said, they kind of got out of control. I'll come back to this in a, in a minute I don't because think, I actually think I don't think they were messing. I don't think they were doing no, stupid no, no. stuff. Although there was one bit. Okay, well, go on, go I was going to say I was, I'll come back to that because I actually think they played quite sensibly at the end, um, given the circumstances. Okay, yeah. But go on, carry on, and I'll I'll pick up from that. No, but that was it, really. But like, um, there was one. You know, so when March went down injured in the end. So he went down just on nine yeah. minutes, really, and then they said four minutes added on, but he was down for four minutes, um, and so he had that throw in up there. So what, like thirty-five yards from the Brighton goal on the right hand side? They took the throw in and they went back to the centre backs. I think they may have gone back to Ortega, but Guardiola was going mental. Like he was going spared. You could hear him shouting, and for ages, like looking up in the sky, I, I couldn't like you couldn't hear out exactly what he was saying or who. He was shouting out, but he was going absolutely mad. Like it's probably the loudest I've ever heard him shout at like a home or even away city game. He was going absolutely mad. So again, there would obviously be things where he was like, Fuck, oh, we could have done that better. And you just think all those little things where it's like Doku was amazing, but like the little things where he just gave the ball away stupidly, you think that's the stuff that Guardiola will be talking about. And it was it was that bit at the end. So that makes me think, okay, maybe they didn't handle it brilliantly. But I don't think they made it hard for themselves. Like it was just like Brighton, Brighton woke up. Yeah. That's like that was that is how I would term it. Like because at half time it was like like I said on the podcast after the Arsenal game, kind of like I suppose half flippantly, but when we looked through those fixtures, I was like, they'll win all of them. But like I was I was gen- I genuinely thought that they would win the Brighton game quite easily. And then obviously the more I thought about it last night, I was like, oh, well, if City haven't been as quite as good with the second balls, then maybe they'll struggle a bit more and blah, blah, blah. But I thought they would win quite easily against Brighton. But then when it got to half time, I was like, this, is, this isn't like they're playing Brighton. This is like they're playing like anyone, you know, like Bournemouth at home or whenever I try and name teams like generic average Premier League teams I always name ones that have got a resort at City but I'm going to say like Everton Southampton you know what I mean it just felt like a nothing three o'clock game you are safe with Bournemouth as a team that have never in their history beaten City so always pick Bournemouth yeah yeah. Yeah. Bournemouth Watford you know what I mean just a kind of well like again because I'm always speaking to like the athletic correspondent for whichever club and I'm normally just sitting there going what are you going to write about here mate you're getting battered but like and I saw on City's Instagram the other day, they 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 played the, the highlights or the goals from like City beating Brighton in like 2019. I was like, that was. It might have even been the game when Laporte got injured and everything went to shit. Actually, but yeah. like, they scored some really good goals and like Potter's Brighton played really well, but they battered them. And I was like, it's kind of even though you know City beat them three one last year, like, you don't expect that from Brighton now. You think it's going to be a kind of tough game. But at half time today, I was like, this is like this is like worryingly well not worryingly, but it's just strangely standard for City. But then, yeah, like Brighton just woke up, and I don't, I don't think City made it hard. I don't think, like, in terms of like made it hard for themselves. I thought they were doing stupider stuff against Fulham in the first half than they were against Brighton. It was just like when, again, because I'm kind of clever enough to know that things are going on on the pitch, but not clever enough to realise exactly what they are, and humble enough to know that it is a very, like, it's very, very complicated what's going on. And I can't tell you exactly what it is, but I was like, it can't just be as simple as since Ansu Fati came on, they've been much better. But like him going in, it just seemed like Akanji, like whoever was following him. And you know, I don't like seeing that Akanji. And in fact, it's almost like we always say that it's that scene yeah, of the crime yeah. thing. But normally, but normally the dominoes have fallen well before, and he's just the guy going, "Oh, what am I supposed to do with this?" But like, it was Akanji just like following him out. And then there was a massive hole in the defence that they would then play through. Or like they'd play 
as soon as Ansu Fati came on, the first big counter-attack they had through the middle, because not, it's not counter-attack, is it? So for their goal, it was a counter-attack, but I think normally it was more kind of they entice you in, then they attack quickly, and it looks like a counter-attack, but it isn't. They started doing that, and like, Ansu Fati got the ball in that kind of false nine position, knocked it on first time, and they attacked through that, and it was like, okay, Brighton are here kind of thing. Um, and yeah, it just seemed like Ansu Fati made a difference. Um but again, I, I mean, I asked Deserbi a question, and unfortunately, because of like the way that embargoes work and stuff, the press officer was kind of like not miming, but like kind of mouthing to me that while somebody else was asking, because I kind of made it known that I'd ask a question. And he was like, "Sundays or Mondays?" I was like, "I kind of gestured to say, like, I don't give a fuck." Yeah, <laughs> I just want to ask him a question. But then I was like, "Actually, I do," because ideally, you know, if the answer had been like really good, we could have used it tonight. But because it's like if it's a Monday thing, then that's an embargo for like half ten on Sunday. So I asked him, like, well, I can't, I can't say, can I? But basically, I was like, what was, like, why, what was the changes you had to make? Like, given what you said about City playing so well in the first half, and then obviously you playing quite well at the end. And he mentioned in the open bit as well that they didn't play with that kind of Brighton DNA. They didn't play the way that they normally do. So I was going down the route of what kind of tactical changes did you have to make? But um, fortunately, if he does succeed, Pep, then I know that. Nothing's going to change because he was. It was. He kind of answered as if it's, uh, it's not a tactical thing at all, mate. <laughs> so it was okay, brilliant. Um, but it was. It, yeah, I just thought. Uh, yeah, basically, and look, he said, "Who gives a fuck?" He he basically said it was more down to like attitude and courage than like tactical stuff or whatever, which I'm sure isn't fully the case. But even going by what he said in the open bit, he was saying more like they weren't quite. They were a bit timid to do what they needed to do. Uh, and in the second half, they kind of improved that. He, he actually said they didn't they didn't change anything tactically. They just they just had a bit more courage, and he encouraged them to to play more like they yeah. should do. What um, what made me think that um, they kind of managed the closing stages a lot better, maybe than what Guardiola thought in the end, um, was just that the idea again that it comes it, it always strikes me as that the, the example I always give is that Wolves game in the first season back that had fans back in where <laughs> yeah. it was really really tight yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, it went yeah. mental in the last five minutes because they were just mm. kept kept trying to find the space. Um, and again, there was there was people sat around me in the crowd who were desperate for that ball to go into the box because there was a chance of Haaland getting his head on it and finishing yeah, the game off sort lads. of thing. And just like, no, 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 of course Grealish is going to turn around and keep possession with two or three minutes to go because... That's like, what he's on for. That's what he's on for. They're managing the game through... They're managing this, this final stage. And when Brighton scored... The time in which they scored, there was about fifteen minutes left, and I and like I, I remember thinking at the yeah. time, this is going to be grim. This final few minutes is going to be grim because they've got mm. the tails up now, and it, like it, it just felt like it didn't feel like the goal was coming, but it felt like City were not as in control as they needed to be to see it out. And I thought at two 0 you, you're kind of all right with that, but as soon as it goes to two one, the opposition get the tails up. And then they did it for the next kind of... Brighton had a couple of minutes where they were on top and then City had a spell, it must have been about five or six minutes, where they just kept possession. And they it didn't seem like they had any intention of getting towards the goal. Now, yeah, yeah there, may have been, there may have been an opportunity. On another day, there may be an opportunity there to um, to create a chance and they'll, they may well take it. But they're not going to try and force anything unless they unless they absolutely have to. The game's not at 2-2. Two, two. It's not a, not a game where they need to go and get another goal immediately. They just need to stop Brighton having the ascendancy for a while. And that's exactly yeah. what they did. And that's why I yeah. felt they managed it well. I said, I said, yeah, and I said that to Andy next to me. I think it was about 80 minutes. It was 10 minutes to go. 
I was like, they just need to keep this ball for two minutes. Like, they don't need to do anything else with it. They I mean, look, ideally score. And look, um, this is another example because if... You can't just go by this example of this is what City needs to do or this is the dangers of trying to push it too much. Because if, like, if you never pushed it ever, then you wouldn't be winning one trophy, let alone a treble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously the the whole thing about you know the whole Grealish thing of he slows the game down, but he, spe- like, he speeds it up too. Like there's the balance, and it's like oh you can't have Foden doing this. Well you can as long as you've got other players doing that, and that, that it's it's about the balance. But like as an example of City needing to slow it down, go side to side, you know Grealish is on, do that kind of stuff. And again, it does Grealish a disservice because it's like last season never happened. Like it's like the the more electrifying runs when he takes people on when he scores goals. These it's like these things never happened when people discuss Grealish now. It's it's weird, but. The example is, still did a loose clearance. Alvarez had a shot, which everyone in the ground was screaming for. It was kind of, it was on because Steele gave the ball away and he was in a weird position. But he didn't get the height on the shot. It was chested down fairly easily. And I say Brighton's goal didn't come from like a false counter-attack. It came from an actual counter-attack. It came from that. It came from a 2-0 down, trying to push for a third. And again, I'm not, I'm not really saying it's wrong because it was an option that was on. But I've said this before about, you know, City's problems with playing against Bielsa's leads, they were like, the problem is they just give you spaces that you want to counter-attack into and it's completely natural to ta- counter-attack into. Then all of a sudden you're into a ding-dong game that yeah. you don't want to be in. That- and it was like, you're having, you're having that shot which makes sense has actually led to Bournemouth scoring on the counter-attack. And again, Guardiola bringing up, bigging up Matoma there. Like We talk about, like Carl Walker was taking on like mythical <laughs> being, like reputation since the summer. Since the treble, obviously, but also having stayed. And, like, Doku was, like, rinsing James Milner. But, I mean, Mitoma made an absolute mug out of Walker for that goal, which is not easy. And I'm not saying that to do down Walker. I'm saying, like, that is some unbelievable play. Because, like I say, in terms of that mythical thing, you just think nobody's ever beaten Kyle Walker in a dribble ever. Whether it's Zaha, whether it's Vinicius Jr., whether it's like Ryan Giggs, who he never played against, probably, or maybe he probably did actually. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it just feels like he's he's never been beaten ever. It's that Van Dyke stat of he's never been dribbled against. And then like Matoma just went, yeah, see you later, mate. Like Matoma didn't do an awful lot in the game, but that it was like, oh, okay, that 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 was special. And again, it just comes back to again. I'm not saying it was the bad decision, but you just see how forcing it and trying to go for a goal, which is on. Can lead to against a team. The dominoes like that. just falling. Yeah, it's just a danger. And again, it's not. It's not even like you made a bad decision, but it's like this is the Premier League, and this is the kind of thing Guardiola would say. But it's like you're playing against good teams, and like if you have, a sh- like it goes back to that Newcastle three all game. Like if you have a shot that like Nick Pope saves, it comes back off the post. If that ball doesn't go out of play, you're in trouble because it's going down the other end, and it's like you've not done anything wrong. But this is just the level we're talking about. Does that not remind you, though, of the whole discourse about playing to Haaland? It's like you've got to play to Haaland at the right time, but don't lose the ball, sort of thing. It's that. It's that. The, the Alvarez yeah, thing exactly. there is that shot is on. Yeah, sure, take it, but you've got to score it. And if you don't score it, then you're in trouble. <laughs> it's like, like, but it, yeah. but it's not an easy chance to to to, to just put. Oh, yeah, go on. I'll just pop it over and everybody again, into the net. Now, come on. And again, like Bernard, I don't think Bernardo's shooting. I don't think Gundogan's shooting. I mean, I'm never. Obviously, Gundogan's left. But I'm never letting. <laughs> like, there, but like, but also in terms of that balance, I mean, it's a bad example because those two, when they played instead of De Bruyne, whenever they had, like, it was they were amazing anyway. But you can't have a successful City team with just Bernardo's and Gundogan's. But you can't. You certainly can't have a good City team with just Alvarez's, De Bruyne's, Foden's. You do need that balance. But it, it's it's just one of them. Like, like I say, if that ball had fallen to Bernardo, he's probably doing something else with it. And City have 
do another 15 passes and they don't concede but like i say it's just it's just it is what it is like you need you need Alvarez on the pitch to make stuff happen. You need Bernardo on the pitch to regulate it. In fact, when I was asking Guardiola a question about, because I was wary about asking him, because I was really interested in the Doku and Grealish thing. I'm like, we called it after the West Ham game. I was like, Grealish is going to have a PR problem here because people are just going to want the winger who skins people. They're not going to want the guy who does all the important Guardiola boring stuff. But that's the situation he's going to be in. But like, I was. Like my editor asked me to ask why Grealish didn't play against Arsenal, and I was like, "This is two games in a row now. I'm asking why Grealish didn't play." But fortunately, Guardiola, because you know, when, I know when you when you ask him to like explain his team selection as well, you just think he could just say, "Fuck off, mate. I made the decisions I made. I've got I've got no business explaining it to you." But he he gave a good answer on that, but also he gave a good answer overall as well, and it goes back to like the amount of times he mentioned control in the answers. I don't know if he was humouring me. But it was like, this is yeah. great. Should we have a listen to it? I've got, um, I've got the full Doku uh, Grealish thing. Um, because, as you say, he was having a field day against Milner. Um, it wasn't so simple for him in the second half, though. Uh, Guardiola was asked about his start at City. And then, as you say, Sam, you picked up with a couple of questions about Doku and, uh, and Grealish. I've edited it all together. So this is what uh, Guardiola said in the post-match press conference. So after West Ham didn't play one or two, because he's a player like I have a little bit doubt about he have to stay in game, 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 game every three days. He's not used but he's an exceptional winger. So smart and defensive, intuitive to get the ball. And after the quality of guy that he brought one or two, go to by line and look the first goal and the many actions they, they, they had. Uh, so he had. So, yeah, really, really pleased for his impact since came in to us. And, yeah, the start for, uh, for many years to come to him in this, in this, in this house. You must have a load of thoughts in your mind when it comes to picking the team but when it's that left hand side and it's Doku and it's Jack Grealish what what are you bearing in mind what do you want to see from each player when you pick one and not the other what is, what's your thought process with it uh, Jeremy can play in right perfectly I know maybe in the left it must use because today before years ago left player left winger playing left side right winger right side now it's, it's difficult to find you know, even Mitoma being right, playing left, but both can play. Uh, Jack is more controlled. They don't have this one against one speed, but the control, the assets, always they had. So today, I decided, I, I doubt a lot about lineup because I guess a team like a game like more transitions because it's both teams man to man or more aggressive. You lose more the use of more ball than than usual, and that provoked to make a transitions. And I feel I thought with Phil and Jeremy with this space would could help us. I thought a lot to put Mateus and Mateo in that position because in the transition Mateus and Mateos they are really good, especially Mateus. But Bernardo also for the way you wanna press and that is so intuitive, always so important for control, that's why I decide for, for that reason. In terms of Jack this season, he hasn't played too much for City. Is that just for those reasons each game or is there something more you want to see from him generally in terms of his performances? What is one of the players like we could want the, the travel would have done what we have done last season without him. But uh, yeah, everyone wants more. We need him. I spoke a few times with him and in the future when we need him, yes, yes or yes. So in a step by step, we're going to get to, to best form and to best rhythm to, to help us to, to sustain because of course, this is so long and we need him. Now, uh, before we get into what he said there, uh, my absolute favourite bit of that answer is this. I thought a lot to put Mateus and Mateo in that position 
because in the transition, Mateus and Mateus, they are really good, especially Mateus. No idea what he was talking about by the end of that. I couldn't work out who was who. Really? <laughs> yeah, Mateus and Mateo. Just too much. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It just like the speed at which he was saying it and the, the, the similarity of the names yeah. couldn't get my head around it. I thought you were going to laugh. He was like, but I remember what happened at Wolves and I thought, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> um, yeah, but again, it's just. It's just interesting because you get that to actually get that insight because you imagine, um, you imagine the kind of machinations in his mind and what he's going through, and you get that kind of like. Well, it, it kind of does get to the heart of what I'm interested in. Um, the the Doku and Grealish thing. It kind of for me, it kind of represents not just the left wing but the whole team. Like, how much control are we going for this season? Like, how much? How much are we? Are we looking at a team that that wants to have the handbrake off? And obviously, we we went back to to Leipzig, and it was like, okay, it's more controlled. And then Arsenal was like, it's obviously going to be more controlled against Arsenal. But then it comes back for this after the international break, and it's like, okay, well, Alvarez, Foden, Doku, they're all playing again. Um, and Grealish could play, but he isn't. And but then again, it's like it's not my question to Deserbi, and he was kind of like, well, you know, it's not so much tactical. He, and he mentioned that like, all the players they've got. On like even international duty, like the fact that they've got Europa League is one thing. It's extra games. It's a different way of doing it. It's like Guardiola said about Doku. He's not used to three games a week. That's basically what Brighton are going through as a team. But he even mentioned like, some of the internationals they've got. Like, they're not used to it. They're not. They're not. They're not used to that rhythm. So it's not just tactical. So that's the thing with Grealish. It's like, well, how much is tactical? How much is okay? Well, it's going to be a transitional game. And how much is well, Grealish isn't really at it. And obviously, I could have pushed him a bit further. But in his answer for Grealish, I was like, that's enough mm. for now. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? There was enough in that answer. There was enough in that answer that he doesn't feel Grealish is having his best yeah. level He needs to get him back to form. Yeah, I mean, Grealish said during the international break, didn't he, that he had like a terrible dead leg. He said like the City medic said it's like one of the worst dead legs they've ever seen and he couldn't walk and he was on crutches or whatever. But it's like the fact that Guardiola didn't... Because again, if you're going back to Guardiola's answers, which he could give, you know, why are you, why are you asking me this? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go into that. Whatever. If I asked him about, about Grealish, and again, you know, him saying at the start we couldn't have won the trouble without him, like that's something that obviously Pep needs to say, like to get off the bat. But it's like I don't need to tell him no, that, no, do no. I? Like, like <laughs> that's what I yeah. say always. Of all the people um, on this earth who needs convincing that Jack Grealish yeah. is good for City, you're not one of them. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. But it's like the fact that he he didn't say, "Oh well, he's been injured." Or there, was, there wasn't like a massive defence for him. Neither was he fully throwing him under the bus whatsoever. But there was enough in there to be like, okay, you don't think he's playing particularly well, do you? So again, that's interesting. But again, he kind of said that we'll need him as the season goes on. And it wasn't just the yes or yes, it was yes or yes or yes, which I've never even heard in Spanish, <laughs> like throwing in the extra emphasis. I mean, maybe, maybe it exists. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just interesting to see how it's going to go this season. But again, I suppose it just comes down to different options but again I was speaking to Don Farrell at half time and I was trying to say like if you're trying to make this point on Twitter it seems like you know a wise wise docupane said agree this it just seems like and obviously this is um, a generalisation because not everyone on Twitter thinks Grealish is shit but it's just like oh well it's because Grealish is shit and Doku's amazing so that's obviously why he's picking him it's like yeah but Guardiola doesn't think Grealish is shit does he? <laughs> Guardiola does not think that he's, he can't do anything for the team like it is not that simple but I, like, there is like there are obviously very like interesting reasons to this that aren't as black and white as 
oh, Doku skins people, he's good, and Grealish is shit. Like, it's obviously more complicated than that, but there is obviously a level of, okay, well, Grealish is actually playing that well, seemingly according to Guardiola. Um, but you've also got the level of, there's just options now. And like, that was the other thing, like, if you make that point on social media, you'd be like, well, you might think Grealish is shit, but like, last season he was playing, come what may. It was like, well, Grealish is playing, and then we'll work out the rest. Like, it didn't matter if you were playing Arsenal away, if you were playing Brighton at home, if you were playing Leeds, whatever. Like, Greenwich was playing. And if he wasn't playing because he needed a rest, Greenwich was playing. So the fact that he's there's more options now, it's like, okay, well, well Kodoku can do this. And it's like, there's a slight change in, like, the balance there. Like, it's not just the fact he got more options. It's just the fact that Greenwich isn't quite doing it. But it, So, that it'll be interesting when Grealish is back at what Guardiola considers to be his best what he goes yeah. for because again it's a kind of about that balance of the team but again like he might play like they might it might be we mentioned this on the details podcast like it, may, it may get to the, towards the end of the season and it's a midfield of Rodri and De Bruyne and Bernardo or as a mate said to me after listening to the podcast it may be Rodri De Bruyne and Kovacic and Kovacic is kind of doing that kind of power controlling yeah. role which again, Guardiola mentioned the control of Bernardo, didn't he, in terms of the pressing and stuff. And then Bernardo goes on the right wing. So then if you've got that, where you've got Bernardo on the right wing, you've got Kovacic and De Bruyne and Rodri, which is basically the same balance as last season, isn't it? We Kovacic instead of Gundogan. Yeah. Then you could maybe go, okay, well, we'll get, we'll get Doku in because we've got a bit more balance there and he can fly. So maybe it's that, but it just just feel like that's how like, those two kind of sum up where Guardiola is going to go with the rest of the season. Because, like I say, it lurched back towards control for Leipzig and Arsenal, but it's kind of lurched back towards the other way. But again, it's like the Burnley game, isn't it? We should have expected it because he expected transitions and he's gone for the players who are good on transitions. And when they play United next week, he's not going to want to expose it to transitions unnecessarily, is he? So, again, I'd expect Grealish to start, but I thought he'd start against Arsenal. And he wanted control, but not with Grealish. He wanted it in a different way. So, it's. I mean, you can... It's very difficult to predict him, obviously. but Yeah, but it's very interesting it's, to it's, see which way it goes very, right now. Yeah. Yeah. It really is, yeah. Coming up after a short ad break, there'll be more discussion about the Brighton game. We'll be focusing on the roles of Grealish and DocuSea shortly. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Let Me Talk is sponsored by you, the listeners. The best way to support the podcast is by subscribing via Memberful. You can pay as little as £2 per month, which gives you early access to all our podcasts ad-free, and they're packed with even more content. That gives you even more minutes of us to fill up your week. Subscribing is really easy, and the longer episodes will integrate seamlessly with your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify or Apple. Head over to lmtpod.com for more information on signing up and links to all of our socials. Um, just quickly on Doku, uh, I said he was having a field day against Milner, um, and I wondered if, if the second oh. half for Brighton was, oh, we, was we, just not as... really. We kind of we kind of glossed over him. Um, I was just wondering if the second yeah, half... Yeah, exactly. We've kind of taken it as red that Doku's been amazing yeah. but without actually talking about it. But the, the, I just wondered if the second half for Brighton was uh, a lot different because they didn't have a, a 49-year-old getting done at every <laughs> every 30 seconds on the left-hand side, you know? Yeah. But again, Guardiola mentioned he was like, look, we, we managed to find spaces in the midfield that allowed... Um... No, he said... because He said because of Milner, so presumably he just meant because of Milner, as in like because of his age... Um, and look, I mean, Milner playing a right back now is like, okay, yeah, but I mean, was it two years ago when he played the same Anfield and Foden absolutely rinsed yeah. him as well? So like, it's, not, it's not like just purely because he's like 48 now. Um, obviously, he's not 48. But um, but he said it was because of that. And he said, and the winger, Adingra, like, he, was, like, he, he was floating. So Gradiol and Doku could find that space. And then De Zerbi said they had problems in midfield, which allowed City's space to find Doku in like a one-on-one. And he said it wasn't, he said it wasn't a problem of Milner. Is it like, it wasn't his fault. It's that kind of the Akanji thing. Like the dominoes had already fallen by the time. It got to Milner, yeah. He, it got to Doku against Milner. But it's not like Akanji because Akanji is very good at, like the kind of nuts and bolts of defending generally, um, and Milner. Like, if you like, I feel like even at his age, even at thirty-seven, I feel like if he'd played for any team in the Premier League on Saturday at three o'clock and he played any position, it it'd be all right. It'd be passable. He wouldn't be making headlines. You wouldn't be talking about him on a podcast. But put him right back against Doku <laughs> in a one v one. And it's going to be yeah, a horror show. It reminded me. I tell you. I tell you what. There's uh, there's a certain um, uh, kind of it went down in folklore among City fans for a while when Mark Hughes put uh, an aged Silvino up against uh, Aaron Lennon at Spurs one time, and we got we got absolutely <laughs> battered for ninety minutes. And um, yeah, yeah, it finished three 0 but it could have been anything more. And Aaron Lennon, I, I promise you, Spurs have not had as much joy down their right hand side in any game ever. Than that, the, more than that one, just because of, of uh, that ma- that matchup, and it reminded me very much of that. Yeah, and I, I mean, and look, so I mean, I obviously make the point about Grealish because I feel like he's not getting the credit he deserves from last season, and obviously, I, I suppose that the, the flip side of that coin is I feel like Doku is getting a bit too much praise, uh, in the sense that he's he's not the perfect winger who's going to play every. Week, even in the sense that you know Guardiola's like physically he can't because of the three games a week kind of thing, and that's something that um, he's actually said about Grealish in his first season because he never did it at Villa. So that's like kind of process you need to go through. But I mean, in terms of Doku, like every time he got the ball after like 
within 10 minutes, the stadium was like, go on. It was like, and not because, not just because, because obviously like he's he's made an impact at City. People know what he's about. And that West Ham game in particular was like, oh, okay, who's this guy? But every time he got on the ball, the stadium was like, it was that classic on its feet. This guy's going to do something. It's the kind of thing where if you did like a Premier League special now about like Thierry Henry or like Cristiano Ronaldo or whatever, you'd be like, oh, the stadium was on its feet because you just always knew he was going to do something. It was that. And it was purely because he was absolutely rinsing Milner and it was just ridiculous. And he was so good at it. And again, it goes back to what Guardiola said after the Forest game when he was like, no, I expected him just to be like kind of direct one against one, but he's really good at making the decisions of when to like make the extra pass. And he, there were times in the first half where he did just make the extra pass. And there were there was like, I don't know, maybe once, twice, where he gave the ball away. But it was like, he was absolutely rinsing him every single time. And like, it wasn't even Milner for the first goal. It was, um, Gross ended up down there, didn't he? And he like, he like got the ball wide on the left. And again, in terms of that comparison to Grealish, he got that ball wide on the left. He carried it, carried it, carried it. Held onto it for like 20 yards. And he was like, right, bang, gone. Byline, cut back, goal. And he's like, that is like, that is a big difference to Grealish. Like, as much as I'm a big Grealish fan, that is a big difference. And it's what Guardiola said, like, he doesn't have the pace on one v one, but again, it's like Grealish can make contributions, like assists, goals wise. But there's just so much he also gives otherwise. But Doku in that first half, in particular, again in that situation where the dominoes have fallen, it's just you one versus one against a guy who's 37, but also struggled when he was 35 against Foden. Like, fill your boots, mate, and like he was perfect to fill them. But again, like by the time Grealish came on, and it was the last the 15 game minutes, changed. And- yeah. And it was like, like, he didn't take on Vatman once, but like, he wouldn't have been supposed to, really. And that, that it just, it was this kind of the most crystallized kind of example of what does this guy do? What does this guy do? And again, Guardiola, when he talked about Grealish, he was like, he doesn't have this speed, but he gives us that control and the assists. And again, people, we talked about this even when there wasn't a Doku around to be the straw man. But people didn't really want to hear it. People don't care. You know, a hundred million guy, oh, he slows the game down. Brilliant. Who fucking cares? Like, no, nobody gives gives him that credit. But now Doku's there too. Like, like we said, after that West Ham game, like, he's got a problem PR-wise because people just want Doku to play all the time. But look, at the end of the day, for the reasons Guardiola's mentioned, for the reasons we've mentioned, like he's not going to be able to play all the time, Doku. And Grealish will show the kind of form he showed last season. And, you know, quite possibly even better. Um, I, just, I just find it... Uh, I find it a weird kind of exaggerated debate, but also I get it because like it is kind of it is so exaggerated, isn't it? Like, and today, never more so. A guy who's just rinsing the fullback. Every well, that, that's time. the thing as well, though. And then the guy coming on and just refusing to dribble. But again, like second, second half, half Doku struggled. The yeah. Second half, like it, yeah, yeah, he just he, uh, he he was trying the same things, but weren't coming off. Um, or he got the ball less and Brighton managed it better and it was like, okay, like these are the kind of limitations. But again, like people don't care. Like in terms of PR wise and people don't care if oh Grealish does this and this and this. oh it's boring, whatever. Like people don't care if a winger loses the ball because he's trying something because that's what you're supposed to do. Like we're still hardwired. You know when we had we talked on the details show and it was Rodri against Torre and I was like, Well, I'm gonna go with Torre just because of like the hardwired Barclays element of midfielder rampaging through the middle scoring goals putting in the top corner I'm going for that people are still hardwired for they would rather a winger try and beat their man every time and if he loses it he loses it but if he's beating them like he did in the first half like I don't know not even it felt like more than 8 times out of 10 but it's like that's the trade-off but it, like with Guardiola it's obviously like the trade-off is a little bit more 
balanced than that. And it's like, if you could lose the ball slightly less. <laughs> yeah. Can good. I tell you as well, though? Um, my, well, well, cause on, I was just going to say, my mother sat next to me, um, who um, I love dearly, is not the most tactically um, astute person in the stadium. Uh, she nudged me at uh, and about 70 minutes just before Brighton scored and said, this game needs Grealish. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny because... Because, again, I was speaking to my editor throughout, and obviously in the first half, we didn't have a plan to write about Doku, but I was like, he's the he's the guy here. like He's the obvious one. And I was like, I suppose you could bring in like the Grealish stuff and make it interesting. And I messaged him after that. Yeah, 70 minutes maybe. I was like, he's done nothing second half. And like it's funny because the editor was kind of still justifying doing it, but I was, I was going to do it anyway because I was like, it's kind of interesting the fact that he's not playing so well second half because it kind of highlights the fact that you know, this isn't the guy that we should be going all in on just yet. And the point I was going to make before is, if he's this good already, like, I imagine him, like, and as Guardiola said, you know, he's going to be the star for years to come in this house, which is quite an, an unusual turn of phrase for him to you pl- pick out of thin air. Um, Does that translate from Spanish, maybe? I don't know. But Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it makes sense, and you, yeah. and you know what it means, but I've just never heard him say it before in all these years kind of thing. And again, it was kind of something he went back to when he was talking about Bobby Charlton and stuff. And it was like, maybe it was, that was just, he obviously knew he was going to be asked about Bobby Charlton. He had to get like some, like kind of clear in his head what he was going to say. So I imagine there was kind of some kind of crossover there. I don't know, whatever. Um, but like, imagine how good Doc was going to be. But it was like, my editor was obviously kind of justifying. Like, oh, we should still do it though. He was like, I was like, I said, he's done nothing in the second half. This was like half four. So what, half hour into the second half, a bit less. It was. It sounds like he was great when it mattered, though. I was like, it still matters. <laughs> like, it still matters now. And this was like as Brighton were coming into it. So this was at like this was at twenty-five to five. And then he and then he went, yeah. But when the game was properly in the balance, I went, it still is. And then I went two-one. I was like, see. And then and but like when I said it still is, it was probably about six seconds before Brighton scored. But I was like, genuinely, like this is my whole point. Like you can't just disappear for a half. And again, it sounds like I'm being harsh on Doku, but like, you can't just disappear for a half against okay Brighton, but anyone in the Premier League when it's two nil, because it's that classic thing of why Pep doesn't make loads of subs when it's two nil, but when it's three nil, he's like, yeah, okay, go on, let's do it, because you've got that bit more of a margin. But when it's two nil, like if you're just not if you're just not doing anything in the second half, it could have been Doku, it could have been not so much Haaland, because Haaland is kind of allowed to do nothing because it's up to the rest to sort it out. But like if it's Foden or Bernard, whatever. Then you're not doing your job, and it's like you need you need you do need to be on it. Um, but yeah, it was harder for him in the second half because of the circumstances of the game. Like Brighton defended him better, but you also just got the issue of he was trying things, and they weren't coming off, and it's like that's the kind of that's more understanding of the balance with 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 Grealish. But again, it's like I don't know. It's almost like now do we do we get to a stage where there's a mixture of like is there, what would be the mixture of mm. both? But again, there is no mixture of both, is there? It's like going back to last season, like you say, that finding Haaland. There's nobody who's going to find him every time. And there's nobody... Like, there's going to be players who should be more adventurous in trying to find them. The, and that includes like Bernardo, Gundogan. There should be players who should be trying to find him less. I suppose, I suppose um, De Bruyne is probably the example, isn't it? But that's just but options, like, though, isn't it? You just have to... Yeah, you just have to try. But it just it, basically, it just goes back to that. Alvarez shot like sometimes you have to try things like it's completely normal and sometimes it's not going to work and you've got to accept that um i suppose the the kind of simpler answer is docker is going to be unbelievable like once he's bedded in a bit more and then once Grealish gets his form back 
Like, it will be easier to see exactly why Pep loves him so much. But again, it's still difficult because even last season, people weren't entirely having him, were they? So. That's it for the free version of Let Me Talk. There is more for members, though, if you go to lmtpod.com and sign up. Um, Sam, what are uh, members getting this time? Yeah, loads. Um, so there's Alvarez, obviously, because we do Alvarez every week. But there is the spin of a kind of lesser spotted Real Madrid rumour, which is worth keeping an eye on. There is the Edison and Diaz decisions, why they didn't play. There's quite a bit on referees, a little bit on Cole Palmer, and an even little bit on Calvin Phillips. Yeah, so uh, go and sign up if you want to have a listen to that. Those uh, episodes are longer, they're ad-free as well. Just head over to lmtpod.com. That's all for members. Those ad-free episodes are longer and they're out earlier. You can find out more on lmtpod.com. If you want to send us an email, it's hello at lmtpod.com. We're also on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok, so just search for lmtpod on there. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you next time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.